Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame today. It's an honor to come to you this week and I pray that, that as you're listening week after week that you're being encouraged, that you're being challenged, and that the Lord is using this podcast to really increase your faith as well as to increase your passion for deeper places in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have found now that I've been serving the Lord for well over three decades that there is no end to Him. There's always more of His love. There's always more of His power. There's always more of His presence, His holiness, His glory. So um, this incredible journey of walking with the Lord is so fulfilling and it's so powerful. And, you know, really a primary purpose for doing this podcast is because my heart burns to see other people not just set on fire for the Lord, but to maintain that fire of God. Therefore, we call this podcast Maintain the Flame. So, so again, I'm, I'm excited that you're here today, and I, I pray that what I share today will resonate in your heart and that the Lord will use it to speak to you and to take you deeper into His ultimate eternal purposes that He has for you today. Today, I, I want to talk about a subject that, that I've kind of hit on before in the past. Um, I mean, when I first started this podcast several weeks ago, really months ago now, I, I did some teaching on um, prophetic intercession, what that means, what that looks like. And um, as I was preaching at a church earlier this week, um, I felt like the Lord wanted me to, to minister along the lines of, of intercession. And as I did, um, you know, there were some things that, that came to me from the Holy Spirit while I was preaching that night that, that were new to me, and sometimes that will happen. And I felt like I needed to take an episode here and just to spend some time today, several minutes, just really encouraging you in your walk with God in the area of what I'll simply call a lifestyle of intercession, a lifestyle of intercession. I, I recently came across, uh, across a quote that, um, that really stuck in my heart, and this quote um, is really powerful. And I wanted to read that as I begin this, this um, episode today. Listen to this from Oswald Chambers. He says this, True intercession involves bringing the person or the circumstance that seems to be crashing in on you before God 
until you are changed by his attitude towards that person or circumstance. People describe intercession by saying this, it is putting yourself in someone else's place. Now that sounds good. And um, I, I would say that there's definitely truth to that. But after Chambers says this, his next statement is, that is not true or that's not what intercession is. And here's his definition of intercession. Intercession is putting yourself in God's place. It is having his mind and his perspective. And when I read that, I was like, man, that, that is it. And, you know, I've, I've taught along these lines um, for the last several years, but, but just reading his quote, and I want to read it again because I, I believe it has so much merit and meaning to the lives of, of those of us that hunger to fully um, find ourselves abandoned unto the Lord for his eternal purposes. So, again, Chambers says, intercession is putting yourself in God's place. It is having his mind and his perspective. Now, when I, when I hear that, I immediately think of Old Testament prophets. Um, I think of prophets like Isaiah, Ezekiel, um, Jeremiah. Jeremiah cried out, my agony, my agony, I writhe in pain. In other words, he literally found himself um, experiencing what God was experiencing. When God looked upon Judah, his own people, um, his heart was broken. So Oswald Chambers says that intercession is putting yourself in God's place. It's having his mind, his perspective, and I, I would say his burden. The things that impact the Lord begin to impact you and I when we become a true people of intercession. Now, Ian Bounds says this. Ian Bounds, some call him the apostle of prayer. He was um, ministering and, and active in ministry around the time of the Civil War and became a great author on the subject of prayer. But listen to what he said. He said, the, the wrestling quality of, of prayer does not spring from physical vehemence or fleshly energy. It is not an impulse of energy nor a mere earnestness of soul. It is an inwrought force. A faculty implanted and aroused by the Holy Spirit. Virtually, it is the intercession of the Spirit of God in us. Now listen, my, my point today is not just to preach on or talk about, teach on the subject of prayer and intercession, but, but I want us to see something a little different today. And this is, this is what the Lord really had me minister at a local church here in Charlotte on Monday night of this week. Um, our lives are supposed to be intercession. In other words, it's not just that we have an hour, maybe two hours, maybe some even three hours, a prayer a day where we engage God. I mean, that is foundational. That is part of who we are. And when we neglect that, then we neglect our ultimate call, which is to be a people of, of prayer and intercession, a priestly people that minister unto the Lord. But but I believe that, that there's a place where our lives, our bodies, our spirits, we, we become so intertwined with what God feels, what God desires, what God sees, that our lives can be characterized as people and lifestyles of intercession. And, and I love what Ian Bounds says. He says, listen, this, this place of intercession, even in the prayer closet, is not something that we muster up through fleshly energy or even earnestness of soul. Now, it does include 
um, deliberately given ourselves as a lifestyle of prayer and intercession includes a willingness to pray. In other words, you're not going to have a prayer life unless you set up a time to pray, whether that's the same time every day or whatever. But but there has to be a certain dynamic of discipline initiated or prayer is just a, a theme that we talk about and never do. So Ian Bounds says it this way, this this lifestyle of intercession, even this this place of deep prayer and intercession, this is not something that we just make happen in our flesh. He says, no, this is an inwrought force. It's an, in other words, it's an internal force. What force is he talking about? He's talking about the force of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that that he and the Father would literally come and make their abode or their home on the inside of us. Um, Paul the Apostle in Galatians um, chapter 2 and verse 20, he said that, um, he said, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But listen to what he says, but now Christ lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. You know the the verse there, but but in other words, he's painting a picture or he's giving us a paradigm of an individual that has been given over to a lifestyle of intercession. It's literally allowing the Lord to to use us and to minister in us, but even through us in order to accomplish his eternal purposes in the earth. So as I was ministering uh, Monday night, um, the Lord just began to speak to me about this this new church plant that had just moved into a new building. But my charge to them was, you know, don't just become another building in Charlotte, North Carolina that calls itself a church. There are many churches and a lot of them do good, noble, humanitarian, benevolent type of things. And some even preach the gospel, thankfully. But it's not enough just to be another ministry that meets on the side of the road and then maybe has cell groups or maybe they're feeding the poor or preaching the gospel on the street. But but there's there's a deeper calling upon the church of Jesus Christ. And not just those that meet in a building. It doesn't matter where you meet. If you're part of the church, you know, maybe you meet in a home and you and you come together on a Sunday for a, a corporate meeting like some do, whatever. But whatever the model is that you're a part of, the question has to be asked, are you and those that you're a part of that claim to be the church of Jesus Christ, are you being poured out for the purposes of God through a lifestyle of intercession? Basically, what I'm asking is, can the Lord demonstrate and operate His eternal agenda and purposes through your life because your life is no longer your own. It belongs to Christ. Now, let me just... Let me say something. Um, a lot of our modern teaching, a lot of our modern preaching surrounds um, a consumer mindset. And what I mean by that is that we oftentimes in the American church preach and teach in such a way as to please the hearts and the ears of, of men and women and even young people. In other words, we we present um, a gospel that is is laden with self-help speeches and and motivational speeches and and you know snappy ways to be successful in this modern world 
oftentimes in this generation, there is very little preaching on what it means to become an intercessor or what it means to live a lifestyle of intercession, what it what it means to, to take up your cross, as Jesus said, and to follow him, what it means when he says to live, you have to die, what it means to to be crucified with Christ, what it means to to literally give yourself for others. Jesus said, no greater love hath a man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And then what did he do? He laid down his life for his friends. Friends, that is the, the picture of intercession. That's, that's the picture that, that we see throughout the New Testament. When we read Philippians and we, we read the, the portion of Scripture where Paul is talking about Jesus who was deity. However, he took on the form of a man, a servant. He robed himself in flesh and then became obedient even to the death of a cross. Friend, this is a picture of intercession, a willingness to be poured out for the glory of God, living in such a way that eternal joy becomes much more important than passing and fleeting happiness that only affects the human spirit, that the eternal spirit of man that is connected to the eternal spirit of God is in control of our lives in such a way that we live for things that do not fade or rust or corrode. We we understand what the Apostle Paul meant when he said to set your affections or your desires on things above, not on the things of this earth. We understand the scripture that says we are in this world, but we are not of this world. I declare to you that a major percentage of modern preaching, especially in America and maybe in Western Europe at least, um, a major percent of our modern teaching and preaching and you know the way that we present the gospel through music, through through books, whatever, a major percentage of it, my friend, is is very carnal. It's 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 weak. It's emaciated. It it is it is um, void of the breath of eternity. It is void of a call to be an intercessor, not just in the prayer closet, definitely there, but to where we are willing to become an object of of intercession and an object. Of of, of being poured out for the glory of God, for the purposes of God. This is the New Testament. This is the call of God. This is why we are here. You see, our, our attributes um, as the people of God must be anchored in our willingness to pour ourselves out. I believe that our primary history and our effectiveness has to be tethered to a willingness to assume this lifestyle of intercession in whatever city you're in, whatever region you're in. When we, we read of the life of, of people like John Praying Hyde, John Hyde, who was a missionary to India back at the turn of the 20th century, and how that, that God used his willingness to be an intercessor. When we look at women like... Um, Amy Carmichael, who was in India, as was John Hyde, and and we see that she was willing to literally 
become an intercessor. In other words, she she became like a, a bridge or she became a link in the eternal purposes of God in that nation. Friend, that, that's the call of God upon our lives. We're not just here passing through um, just trying to live a fulfilled life in the natural realm. No, we are here because we have been called of God, commissioned of God to bear His heart, to bear His purposes, and to make a difference in the generation that we we live in. I've 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 used this this verse before several weeks ago, but but I wanted to read it again because I believe it it lends way to a a picture of what I'm trying to describe here. Romans eight twenty six and twenty seven. Paul the apostle says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And I love the way that he begins this this part here because I think there has to be a full acknowledgement of weakness. What do I mean by that? You can't become an intercessor when you're trying to do something through your own strength, your own talent, and your own ability. God can use your talent. He can use your abilities, and He'll even anoint them at times. But but listen to me. This, this deep place of being available to God in such a way that that we're not worried about who gets the glory. We're just worried about Jesus getting the glory. When we come to that place, then we are... Um, not so dangerous and we become effective in the kingdom of heaven because we're not out for ourselves. We're out for the betterment of the Lord, the praise of the Lord, the advancement of the kingdom, and we're out to to bring life and truth to those that are hurting and lost without Him. So this acknowledgement of our weakness, listen, I've been preaching now for over 35 years, but in the natural, despite my learning, despite my experience, despite my education, I acknowledge to you today that I am weak in and of myself. There is nothing that Keith Collins brings to the table in and of himself. That's why Jesus said, Matthew 5 and 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Those of us that acknowledge that unless God is with us, we cannot go. Unless God is with us, we cannot effectively do anything. In other words, it is through that intimate divine connection with Him that we enter into this lifestyle of intercession and we're poured out for His glory, not just once, but over and over and over and over again. So Paul says it this way, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we should even pray for, he says. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now Paul here is talking about a very deep place of, of prayer, of intercession, but I believe it it connects divinely with um, with a quote that I, I, I read to you from, from Oswald Chambers, as Chambers again is declaring that intercession is putting yourself in God's place. It is having his mind and his perspective. Listen, in the natural, we do not even know how to pray effectively. And we can pray for things, and I believe there's even some merit to it. And sometimes we'll take petitions to the Lord, sometimes needs to the Lord, praying for the sick. I understand that completely. But whenever we live a lifestyle of intercession, something happens. There's this divine exchange that takes place, and the Lord literally can entrust us with his spirit in such a way that he begins to pray through us. He begins to operate through us. He begins to to minister and to move in and through us. And from this this glorious 
place, this, this powerful place, is what I believe is not just missing in the world that we live in. And again, I'm not telling you there's nobody to live in the, this type of lifestyle, but, but by and large, especially in much of the Western world, this is a, a, foreign, a foreign message. It, it's, it's not something that, that is embraced and it might even be something that is not fully understood, and, and I'm not claiming to fully understand it, but I do know this, um, except the Spirit of God anoint me, except the Spirit of God breathe through me, except the breath of eternity come forth, even through this microphone as I'm recording this podcast today, then then what good is my life? What good is my effort and my energy? And I know the Word of God does not return void, but listen to me. I also know there's a place of kingdom effectiveness through a lifestyle of intercession that can be attained through a lifestyle of humility and prayer and faithfulness and obedience unto the Lord. Now, last week, I I talked a little bit about the condition of our nation. I talked a little bit about our world that we live in, the challenges that we're seeing politically, the the challenges that the church is is dealing with. Um, We're in an interesting time, and I'm telling you that it's going to take an intercessory lifestyle to make a difference in the generation that we live in. It's not how big our church can grow. It's not how big our podcast audience can grow. It's not how many books we can sell. It's not how many worship songs we can write or or all the things that we do that are even noble and humanitarian. That's not what it's about. But it's about who is willing to, to stand in the gap there's that, that verse in Ezekiel twenty two thirty that we all know where the prophet said, I looked for someone among them who would build who, who would excuse me, who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap. For why? Why is this? On behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. You see, God is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. And um He he is faithful to his own glory. I've told you this before in every generation. But he will stir the hearts of individuals and he will call them into a lifestyle of intercession, a lifestyle of standing in the gap, a lifestyle of building up the wall, a lifestyle of, of standing toe-to-toe in the face of evil and calling it evil, a lifestyle of righteousness and holiness that is cloaked with intimacy with Jesus. And, and from that place, we, we lose our desire for the things of this world. And the things of heaven become tangible. And they become real to us. And we desire to, to give ourselves to the Lord. And, and we desire one day to say with the Apostle Paul that, that we finished the course that God gave us. We, we ran the race faithfully. That we could say with Paul that there's no blood on our hands from any individual because we were faithful to dispel the gospel in the generation that we lived in. Friend, we need to embrace a lifestyle of intercession. When I look at the history of revivalists, when I look at the history of men and women of God who have bore the burden of God's heart, men and women of God who felt the cry of God's heart for a dying generation for a dying city a dying community a dying nation um these these individuals they they stood up and they said god um don't let it happen don't let judgment fall 
Father, don't let them die and go to hell. Or don't let the church continue to live in compromise and lukewarmness. God, don't let preachers twist and pervert the word. God, use my life as a tool of intercession. Let me build up the wall. Even when others mock me, God, let me build the wall. Lord, let me stand in the gap. Let me bear the attack of the enemy so that others can be saved and delivered and set free, God. Let me live a life of intercession. Friend, this is the place I believe that God is calling us to in this hour. I believe that whenever we we come to this place, then we, we realize that the history of the church and her impact on cities and even on nations is always rooted in those who bore God's heart, those that became tools of intercession, those that were willing to to stand in battle darkness and stand and boldly proclaim the word of the Lord, even at risk of their own lives. They were so connected to God's heart that, that they were unwilling to step back from the battle. You see, these faithful intercessors, those that have embraced this lifestyle, they have shouldered the purposes of God throughout the history of the church. Every generation has had need of these type of people. Those that refuse to let the purposes of God's kingdom completely dissipate, even in the midst of the fury of the battle and the darkness of the culture, the the, the postmodern relativistic world, humanistic, secular world that we find ourselves in. Friend, in the midst of that, I know there are some. There might not be millions, but I know there are some that are saying, God, let me be the one to build the wall up. Let me be the one. Make me a Nehemiah. And even when the enemy like Sanballat and Tobiah come against me and they they mock the work of God. Hear what they 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 said to um to Nehemiah. They said, "What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify? Will they sacrifice?" He said, "Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish which are already burned?" In other words, they were mocking the building or the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. And friend, as as intercessors stand up and they allow themselves to be counted for the glory of God, in every generation they have been mocked, they have been called fanatical, they've been called dogmatic, they've been called hyper-religious, on and on and on. But I'm telling you, those that became dead to themselves and alive to Jesus, they walked in a place of, of divine union with the Lord to where the Lord could use them and entrust them with his power, with his authority, with his glory, with his kingdom. Even in the seasons of spiritual dullness, they were always there. That that few that fastened themselves to the eternal purposes of God and refused to recant or compromise in the area of intercession that led to true obedience. They were faithful to the purposes of God. You see, this dynamic of an intercessory um, lifestyle or paradigm among God's people is the force that illuminates God's purposes in the midst of every church age. It reveals God's divine agenda and His kingdom becomes tangible. It creates a divine disturbance or a discomfort among the religious. In other words, you, you show me someone who's become an intercessor. And again, this has everything to do with prayer, but it's even more than that. It's literally giving their lives for the purposes of God. You show me 
intercessors in the midst of religion and I'll show you people that will cause discomfort. Why? Because they illuminate or they bring to bear the kingdom of heaven by the way they live, by the way they love, by the way they pray, by the way they preach, by the way they give, by the way they live in obedience. Listen, they they reveal um, a dimension beyond excuse me, normal church life and learn Christian behavior. Eternity comes into view and then the holiness of Jesus um, begins to polarize sin in our midst. Why? Because sin separates us from God. You see, I'm not talking about legalism, but I'm talking about a lifestyle of obedience and righteousness. When intercessors are on the scene, holiness is illuminated. The glory of Jesus is revealed. God begins to move. And then, listen, I've been around these people for many years. When they're around, when they're in our midst, we, we feel anticipation. We feel expectancy. There is um, great desire for harvest, for souls to be saved. They they help remove the scales of religion from the eyes of, of the religious and hearts begin to burn. Listen, ancient wells are unclogged and repaired. The altars are repaired. Apostolic missions are initiated and the spirit of prophecy is made alive. Revelation 19.10 becomes real for the testimony of Jesus. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Friend, this is the need for the church right now. We want revival. There is no revival unless there's intercession. We want awakening in America. There will be no awakening until the church is revived through a lifestyle of intercession. We want to see a great move of God. We want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Friend, I do too. But I'm telling you something. Somebody, some group somewhere has got to be willing to say, Jesus, I, I allow myself to be poured out for the gospel. Make me a source, a tool, a vessel of intercession. Use me for your eternal purposes. Use me for your eternal glory. Friend, I, I pray that, that you're being encouraged today. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord that I feel here in my um, office here as I'm recording this, I pray that that same Spirit from the Holy Spirit is touching your heart and that you, you feel encouraged and challenged at the same time to go deeper in the purposes of God for your life. I want to pray for you right now before I close. Father, I thank you for every listener. I thank you, God, whether they're in a car today, whether they're at home, at work, wherever they're at, on their way to school, God, I, I pray that that you would speak to them. Awaken their hearts with fresh passion, fresh hunger, fresh thirsting for the things of God. Father, call intercessors today. May we be a people that are characterized with intercession. Make us Moseses to our generation, God, that we will lead people out of darkness and out of bondage. Father, make us as people that that are in this world but not of this world, that we understand that we are pilgrims passing through. But as we pass through, give us souls, Jesus. You said, He that winneth souls is wise. Give us wisdom through intercession to reach a dying world. And Father, use us for your glory as never before. Have your way in every heart and every life that's listening today. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you so much for listening. I, I Again, I, I pray that the Lord um, will use this to really speak to you. Listen, if you are receiving from this podcast, um, I do want to give you an opportunity to help us. As you know, this is not something that is free. And, um, but at the same time, no matter what it costs, we know that we have to keep doing this. But if you'd like to help us, you can do that by going to our website. You can go to the easiest way to get there is just keith-collins.org. And on that website, there is a donate or a given button. You can click on that and you can designate a one-time gift or even a monthly gift. And um, all, all gifts are tax deductible. Again, no pressure, but, but if you feel to help us continue to get this word out through podcasting, um, as well as other means that we are using to advance the gospel, then it would be a great blessing to have you stand with us. We love you. Thank you so much for listening today. Again, if you have not done so, can I ask you to please um, rate this, give us a rating and a review so that more people can listen to this or will be able to listen to this. God bless you and look forward to being back with you next week. Have a great day in Jesus. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. I want to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then please subscribe and listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about my ministry, please go to keith-collins.org or impactgf.org.